We're starting now. We're starting now. Uh, we have a guest. Tim Tim will be on his way here shortly. I sent him the link. Uh, but I had I just had to start this. Uh, this is from where the original article go. Give me a second here. Oh, I lost it. Where'd it go? Here it is. This is from E-Bombs World. And it's not even an article. This isn't an article. This isn't a thing. This is just to show you guys that there are evil, vile people out there. Not you guys. I mean women, too. We have to we have to qualify that because we can't have mankind. We need people kind with Mr. Pussy Trudeau up north there. Um this is this is just it's not an article it's just an anecdote it's just a little bit of a a, a note where you know this is something you got hey look this is what's going on it's just one cancer cell in the billions of cells that maybe it's cancer here's a cancer cell upon society for me bombsworld.com woman calls out comic book creators for being misogynist but turns out they're women which this isn't newsworthy this isn't news I just want to point it out. Someone got offended and tried to shame a comic maker. Only had to end up being the one who got embarrassed. Um, there is, how can I explain it? There is a gal. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, where'd it go? Oh, here it is. Uh, there is a young lady who goes by Blake Northcott on the interwebs and uh, her and her artist. So Blake is a woman and she also draws a, um, well, she doesn't draw. She is the writer of Everglade angels, Everglade angels. So I guess it's kind of gals down in the Everglades and they beat up, I don't know, alligators and zombies. I, I really didn't look too much at it. And then her, uh, she has an artist with her. Uh, also the female persuasion and a very good artist. Uh, again, I am always looking for a comic book artist, but you could kind of find out that, uh, you know, if they're this good, they're not going to talk to me unless I, maybe I just got to go do a GoFundMe account. Maybe you just need to go raise like a quarter million dollars. Like here, draw this for three fucking years. Uh, so the gal that, uh, the gal drew, uh, is a redhead with big cans as per traditional comic book lore. And then there's a Twitter gal who goes by the handle Queen Anita Cox. That's the at symbol Queen Anita Cox. General Lisa Justice is flying to SDCC. She's going to San Diego Comic Con because we just can't have people enjoy comics. No, you social justice fucking assholes. You goddamn Nazis. Have got to shove your dick up our asses. And it turns out that this uh, gal, this social justice warrior says, imagine the neckbeard incels in a basement in Kentucky creating this Evergreen Angels comic. Remember the 1980s, Blake? Tits are bigger than draw them bigger. Educate, educated people will not buy this garbage. Good luck selling this, Trump bros. Idiot customers await. And she didn't realize that uh, it's a woman. Uh, that uh, <laughs> that drew it. And so, uh, and, and now she had her shit shoved up her ass. But now, here's, here's what I'm talking about. You go to Anita Cox's, Queen Anita Cox, you go to her uh, her uh, Twitter account. She has four followers. No, And of course, of course, as prescripted, 
the main image is all the feminists wearing their pink pussy hats at that Trump rally. Oh, wait, there's a guy there. Oh, there's two guys there. Okay, there's two guys. All pussies and vaginas. And, and, and oh, she's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna, you know, she's gonna change the world. She's gonna, and then there's a link to the Mary Sue. And then people are like, wait, do you write for the Mary Sue? What she does, which is just another activist, you know, but this is one of the more prominent ones. This is the they that Mary Sue, I actually have to owe it to Mary Sue. Mary Sue is the one that got me international claim uh, and fandom. When she linked to my article about feminist, not Ghostbusters was the movie. Um, Mad Max, feminist Mad Max. She's the one that started that uh, domino falling. And then that linked to Salon and then Salon linked to CNN. Then CNN linked to everybody else. And the whole world hated my guts like the guy who killed Cecil the Lion. But surprisingly, I got 20% more followers in a week. You know, like two and a half years worth of work. And subscribership happened in a week. So this is a, a more significant site. But just to, again, to show you the cancer cells that make up these entities, that make up these websites. These are the gals. You can't have women drawn big-titted women. You just can't have that. And so, you know, never Trump, never hate. But you hate Trump and you hate white people. And you hate women that draw girls with big tits. What... Gender queer, of course you are. She, her, oh, oh, you precious little Twitter people. When you put your pronouns up, oh, you're so brave. You're so unaccomplished. You're identified by, by things you were born with. The epitome, the identification of, of a lazy person. I'm a proud, think about how dumb this sounds. I'm a proud white male. Two traits I did not work to earn. The nanosecond I was born, even before that, pretty much guaranteed, upon inception, I was going to be a born a white male. It didn't take anything. I wasn't even conscious. I didn't even have a say in it. I didn't, I didn't invite me to the meeting. Aaron, what do you want to be? Uh, white male. Oh, okay. Well, you made a decision at least, so you should be so proud and brave. Nope. Two white people fucked each other, and then out came Aaron, and he happened to be male. He had the, what is it, the X chromosome, Y chromosome? Always forgot. Not once I think, oh my God, I'm a white male. I'm going to put it on my Twitter profile. I'm a him, he. So the sign of a truly inferior person. This is Anita Coxgal. All right. Uh, hey, Tim, you there? I am. Hey, what's going on? Oh, I'm talking to you, aren't I? <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. So nothing really. You, it's, a, it's another boring day in the neighborhood, huh? No, not exactly. I have an interview at three o'clock today. Okay. Well, we ain't going to go that long because I, uh, I, uh, we got to go through some asshole consulting and whatnot. We got to do the show. We got to do that. But yeah, um, I'm I in gotta... a suit, so I feel professional today. Really? What? Uh, like interview for job or just interview for something else? Oh, interview for a job. I'm really? Kind of the, yes, I'm on the job hunt right now. It sucks balls. What? Um, well, did you give up your current job? Or are you just like playing the double prong approach and, you know, getting another, you know, offer too good to refuse kind of thing or what? No, it was a con, it's a contract thing. So the oh. contract is coming to an end. Uh, my company, the cowards they are, they don't have anything to put me on. So I'm being shown the door. But that's all right. Really? Yep. 
I'm not worried about you. I don't, I don't want to delve too much into because I don't want to identify you at all in the slightest, even though you've been on several different shows. Um, uh-huh. But I'm not, I don't think I'm, I'd, I'd be worried. Like if I was your mother, I wouldn't worry about you uh, finding another job given your skill set. Yeah, but that maybe that's something we can cover cover here because I think that what a lot of people don't realize is one is qualified for many jobs, but you're not going to get those jobs for reasons. Okay. Okay. Uh, for example, <clears throat> so you know I live here in the Washington, D.C. area, very right. heavily dominated by federal contracting. Right. Okay. right. So federal contracting is its own animal. I mean, when you get a good position, it works. And if you can get somewhere to hide out for a few years, it really works. But given the way the contracting is, how its contracting has changed, and how firms are, particularly large bureaucratic firms, mm-hmm. they don't they don't have any mechanisms in place if you are, shall we say, marked as at risk, which is contract is ending, there's nothing lined up, you're about to be shown to the door, and then they're just complete and utter failures to find to try to find you something else. But is it their resp- I mean, if you're a contractor, that they even have an obligation. I mean, I'm I'm going from the operating or the the premise that these guys are your standard, well, they're federal contractors on top of it. So they're even worse than private sector corporations. Uh-huh. Uh, th- they've never, I don't, I don't give them enough intelligence or credit to plan that far ahead. Like, Oh, we got to think about this guy. I mean, especially if you're a contractor. So are you supposed to be a hired gun and go find a, a another contract after that? Sure. But again, it's, it's the matter of, <clears throat> I mean, probably the best way to explain it is, okay, so let's say I'm in your apartment. Mm-hmm. And I say, Aaron, there's a pile of shit on the floor. We need to clean this up. Mm-hmm. And he says, and you say, you know, you know, Tim, you're right. There's a job to do. Ah, there's a job to do. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's get it done. But for something simple as that, and that's kind of a silly example, you have, well, Tim, I need to interview you first. And you need to submit a resume. And I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do it today because we didn't get prior we didn't get prior uh, authorization from my girlfriend. And oh, by the way, she's on vacation, so I don't know when she's coming back. You see where this is going? Well, yeah, but and that, like I said, it's corporate bureaucracy bullshit. Was it better in the past though, or is it is it even getting worse now? No, I think it's worse now because. Mm-hmm. You have ATS, applicant tracking systems, you know, this is when you're on the outside. But it's also, you know, like what is, what's happened to me in my current firm and also the firms I've been at otherwise is that, okay, so I'm being shown the door and then it goes to HR. Okay. You already see the disaster coming down the pike here. Well, okay. The right- well, wait, hold, hold it. I have to plead ignorance here. Okay. Why are you even dealing with HR if you're a contractor or does everybody now go through HR? Well, if you're if you're working for a company like a large contractor, what I work for, okay, so your manager is responsible for finding you other work. Okay? okay, there could not be any work down the pike. That's a legitimate reason, just because you're waiting on the government to get its shit together to actually authorize the work. Okay, mm-hmm. or you piss your manager off. And then he says there's no other work available, and he's not going to tell you that he hates your fucking guts. And he's just going to send you back over to HR, which then becomes HR's problem. And they're like, well, send us your resume and make sure you're looking online to see what availability is. And oh, by the way, Tim, we're socializing your resume to everybody within the company. Wait, wait, hold on. Not not to interrupt. (laughs) Did they actually use that fucking term socialize? Oh, yeah. 
there's so, what the fuck does that mean? Just sharing? Can't they say sharing? Or what is it? Socialized means something else. Aaron, that's a corporate term. Oh Jesus Christ! I'm so I, I'm so glad I'm out of this. Oh my God. <laughs> you need to start using that more. You might get more listeners. No, I'm no, socializing no. My I'm, like, I'm never going back to it. I'm never going back. But okay, so they they're socializing your resume. Now you're in HR world. I'm sorry to interrupt. Just, that, that phrase was just amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. So they're socializing the resume. It goes out to their managers and. Yeah, maybe they look at it, maybe they don't, but they're kind of like, well, I don't know about this guy. I mean, he he doesn't have what I'm looking for, and I want 10 things, but he only has five. Well, I don't know. I mean, there might be other people internally, and oh, we don't know if the government's going to be moving forward. I'm like, fine. Okay. So it's just better to look for another job with another firm and start over. Right, right. No, I, 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 uh, I don't envy you, <clears throat> but even see, I thought you'd be kind of immune to that being a contractor and a hired gun. But my God, socializing the they there was a kid, I forget who it was, um, and he just took down there was an interview with some corporate muckety muck hiring manager types with MBAs, and then they had their HR director. I don't know. Did you send that to me or was that somebody else that sent it to me? I might have sent it to you. You might have said, and and this kid is like and he goes through and he just in a in a very innocent child who points out the emperor has no clothes takes down these old gray hair fucks of which you and I are quickly becoming by the way i mean these are people our age now where i'm like looking and i'm like yeah that that's that's my generation um and just the words and the vocabulary they're using i i just I wish there was, uh, you know, not not a little kid. But I wish everybody else would point out to these people. Look, if you got to use fucking words like socializing, and there was all this Orwellian bullshit terminology that the well, we gotta we gotta pander the pro- whatever the fuck it was. I mean, it, it it's so euphemistic; it has no practicality, so I don't remember it. But it was all bullshit. Uh, if if you got to use those words, then. You really have no profession. You're not smart. You you really do no good. And it's all this facade to make it look like you're a profession. I just I wish people would just point it out and call bullshit. I got a better one than socialize. Oh, Timmy, there's no cultural fit. <laughs> cultural? Wait, did someone actually give you that the cultural fit? Well, they don't say that directly, but that that's definitely a term that's out there. We're we're looking for fit, Aaron. We want to make sure you fit into this organization. I gotta look this up. Cultural fit. Cultural fit. That's like they got a fucking facility. Like you got people with lab coats coming up with these words. Look at it. Here it is. Here it is. Uh from tinypulse.com. I guess you can find anything on it. Uh oh, here, right. Our our people are your biggest assets. So already I know this is this Horseshit. is bullshit. I mean, but it is. You're right. This is in the culture because only corporations would say that, but now follow up on it. Now, it's quite common these days to hear about the importance of hiring for organizational cultural fit and for good reasons. For starters, not hiring for cultural fit can cost organizations upwards of 60% of the given employee's salary, according to the Society for Human Resource Management. Well, those people know their shit, right? Society for Human Resource Management. When they invariably stop working at the company beyond that, workers who fit in with their company's cultures are more likely to stick around than the peers. Around. Who sticks around anymore? Do you know anyone that stays at a place for more than three years? 
Well, I was in the federal government for five and a half years. That's the longest I've ever been at one job. Well, but that's the federal government. You must have been within multiple different divisions and places and contracts, right? Well, I was a I was government worker. I wasn't a federal contractor like I am now. Oh, all right. All right. There, I, yeah, I, there is, yeah, there is a difference because when you're in the when you're in the government, you don't get fired. You don't get laid off. Mm. But, you know, when you're a contractor, you're going from contract to contract and it's, you know, it's something I chose because <clears throat> in the space of three years, I doubled my salary. So what's not the like? I, I no, I'm, 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 I'm all for it. I, I think that comparing, not to say that this Orwellian, uh, HR doesn't, uh, happen in the, in the federal, uh, government workplace, but the federal government, isn't it the largest employer in the world? U S federal government. I'm pretty sure. Probably. Yeah. Right. Maybe, maybe the Chinese red army is a little bit bigger, uh, but non-military, yeah. I think uh, the federal government, but uh, this is just, this is all over. And this is, oh my God, I'm just reading through this article and it's shit. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's 100% legit because it's, it's true. This is what they're doing, but it's like, God almighty, the days of like, can you do the job? We need people and not dicking around for my, oh, you've probably seen it a million times before. We need to fill this job within two weeks. Oh, here I am. And I'm the guy for the job. And I have all the skill sets. Then three months later, you see the job posted again because they couldn't find anyone, but it's yeah. certainly not you. <clears throat> oh, that happened recently. So I knew, mm. I know a guy who actually is in the, uh, the government now he's in the census mm. and he used to work at my firm. You know, so he's been kind of indirectly trying to get me in there. And he says, hey, you want to take a look at this one position that's open? This is another government position at the census, which is actually not a bad agency to work for. And I applied for it. And then what was this? About a month and a half ago when I did so. And then I, I told him that I was getting laid off. And he's like, oh, that's 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 terrible, man. Let me go ahead and see what I could do for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he's a trustworthy guy. And I said, well, whatever happened to that one position that you sent me? He said, well, we had to cancel it because the job description was too generic. <laughs> they canceled the job. What? <laughs> I don't even understand that. Yeah. Wasn't there a precise duty that had to be done for them to put a job uh, listing out there in the first place, but then they cancel it because the job was too generic? Well, here's how it works in the federal government. To the listeners, take notes, take copious notes. This is how it works internally. If you're a hiring manager, you need to put a requisition out, which is a job opening. Okay, so we're looking for, you know, whatever it is. If it's IT position like what I'm in, we'll say. Here's the job opening. Here's the level. Here's the salary. One of the best things about the federal government is they will tell you up front what it is, what level it is, what the salary is. So that way you know and you're not doing this, well, what kind of compensation are you looking for? Whatever you're going to fucking pay me, you dumb shits. Right. But this this position, okay, so when they put the position out is that there is, there's so much bullshit going on in the back end to prevent any kind of favoritism, any kind of nepotism, any kind of leg up that one could get mm-hmm. on, the, on the position to not, not unduly influence the hiring manager. So what happens? You, you have positions that are out there open for weeks on end or months on end because if you have to go online to apply with the, the government's portal, if you miss a couple keywords, you get kicked out. So you got to really write to the, to the job description to even get to somebody's eyes. <clears throat> or it goes up to, you know, like what, what this guy was telling me is that it's so generic, lots of people apply, 
they don't fit the criteria that was set out and that was taken away from the hiring manager. So then it's just like, well, we can't do anything with it. We got to rewrite it. Okay. I, again, I am. So I, I think I'm just going to go on welfare. Like for whatever reason, my, my job ends as it is right now, I'm going on welfare. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That's so degrading. Are you going to like leave the DC area and go, uh, work private? Are you leaving town? I mean, not, I don't want to identify your or nailed down too much. I mean, but you, you must be kind of tired of this by now. And again, your skill set. I mean, what you're looking at Phoenix, you're looking at Dallas, you're looking at any other place. Well, there's reasons. Okay. So my girlfriend is rooted here to the DC area. She's got okay. a pretty good job with the Arlington County government just All across right. the river. And she's got about another 10 to 12 years before she can retire. Okay. And she's, she's pretty well ensconced there. She's not a manager or anything, but she's, she's got a position where she could easily hide out for many more years. Okay. I could have done that in the Fed, but I chose to leave to double my salary and give myself a little bit more flexibility. So we're kind of rooted here to the D.C. area. But what I'm trying to do is look for <clears throat> other options within D.C. that is not so tied to the federal government or trying to get into maybe something a little bit sales oriented, not not tip of the spear business development sales, but like sales engineering, which is established accounts. And you're like the technical point person to travel around the country or even get into something where there's maybe a burgeoning market like IT and manufacturing. And then I'll travel for that. You know, just something to kind of get me away from government contracting because it's really become ridiculous. Well, it almost seems like unless you had something lined up, it's going to be a, a year or more process. I mean, I remember apply. I've told the story before something as petty and small as the reserve police force over in the White Bear Lake area, you know, this piddly ho-dunk, you know, not to say the cops aren't professionals, but I mean, this is, this is not downtown Minneapolis SWAT team. This is, Hey, I'm going to guide the traffic. I applied. I didn't hear anything. Didn't, I thought ah, I didn't get in. And then four months later after the year, four months, Hey, you've been accepted. It's like, what in the honest name of fuck is taking you guys that fucking long to hire a guy who is essentially going to direct traffic? You know, what the guy who's going to work in the motor pool, you know, I'm not a sworn officer. I'm not carrying a gun. It takes you that fucking long to get. And that's the small little podunk police department. I can't imagine. It's got to be at least a year process uh, to work for a federal contract, right? No, actually, it's not. See, worse or shorter or what? Well, <clears throat> OK, so something about the federal contracting space is that <clears throat> the government is the customer. All right. So the gust the government puts out contracts according to very specific rules and regulations that have been in place for a long time. And each of the contractors have to write. OK, so I'll take an example. Let's say the Department of Energy. Here, here's one that was in my firm. The Department of Energy is going on a cloud or, and an IT modernization project for the Department of Energy, specifically for the Oak Ridge Laboratory in Tennessee. You know, I can mm -hmm. talk about this because I'm not on this. I don't know anybody that's on this, but, and this is public information. So my company is trying to win this contract, okay? The Department of Energy puts out a request for proposal, it's called. All the contractors in the area and across the country, this is what we're looking for. You contractors go ahead and bid on this. Put together your solution, do the cost analysis. This is how much it's going to cost. These are the vendors we're going to bring into this. Because in most cases, federal contractors <clears throat> are integrators. They don't make shit. Exceptions would be Lockheed Martin with the F-35 Strike Fighter. Okay? Okay. 
they're the only ones that can do that. But if you're talking about IT systems, you're going to have like your Microsoft come in or your Avaya come in and staff it with people that are internal to the firm or maybe externals you're going to bring in. There's a definite system that you have to do to respond to this proposal. And you have a certain window in which to respond to it. 30 days, I think it is. So you put together your bid and you might win the bid. Yay for you. But then it's going to take maybe a month or two before the work actually starts. Right. If you're bidding <clears throat> not in the the proper proper window of the federal contracting cycle, like if it's in the summer when people are on vacation, not a whole lot's going to get done. You got to wait until maybe October when the new fiscal year starts. You might win the bid and the current incumbent protests it because it's well within their right to do so. And they often do that as a stalling tactic, which is going to take another three to four to five months before you even start to start to do the work (laughs) because the incumbent is still in there or the government changes its mind and then decides to go in a different direction. In which case, there's a zillion years because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen now. It might happen five years from now. Or, you know, let's say Trump gets out of office and some Democrat comes in there. They might kill it or they might go, yeah, we would need to do this. Let's go full force and let's pull out all the funding. Right. It happened the other way. Right. You get your funding. Right. So, you know, you're, it's, it's like, it's like dating a, a hot millennial or something. Kind of schizophrenic. Well, yeah. I don't know if I want to do this, and I think I'll flake out. You know, type of shit. <laughs> oh my god, why didn't you show up? I I haven't I haven't been there in years. Think I haven't been working, and I have been dating millennial hot chicks in years. Yes, uh, if not ever. So um, yes, but that's that's kind of the reality of government contracting. Now, what I've also found is you know, a perfect example was with another firm, a well-known contractor that I shall keep nameless. Mm. They have these hiring events. These are catacalls. These are cattle calls in effect. So what do you do? You go to the Hilton Hotel. You go into a room. They have refreshments. They have tables set up with numbers on them. Name tags? Do I get a name tag when I go to this thing? Yes, you do. You get a name tag. Oh, boy. You know you're you're successful when you get a name tag at a conference. That's right. You get a folder and you get a pen. (laughs) So you're assigned a table like number 27, I think mine was. And I go sit there and I'm waiting on people from you know, whatever the practice is internally to come interview me. Okay. So I had two women, which was already a warning sign, right. <clears throat> one after the other, one of whom had been in the company for 20 years. Okay. Oh, all right. So <clears throat> that in itself was another red flag because this woman got in in the late nineties when the getting in was good before. What, how, how's that bad? How's that a bad sign? I would, I would have thought the opposite. <clears throat> Somebody there that long probably knows the company or, or are we talking power struggle, nepotism, what? Well, they would know the company, but they don't understand really what's going on with the process because it might have been much easier for them to get into the company in the late 90s, but they're so far up and they've been so ensconced in there is that when they're, hey, Jane, can you come in and and interview these people? Yeah, sure. I'll do that. Okay. And maybe they don't quite like the... quite like the format there, but maybe they don't have any power to bring you on board with their contract. Okay. It's just like a formality. And then the second woman comes over and tells me what the contract is open for. And she said is that we won the work, but now it's in protest. So immediately what goes off into my mind is that you guys don't have any work. You don't have any funding. So this is a, this is a pointless way of time. Yeah, no, they're wasting your time. It's a waste of time. And then she was asking me about, well, what is your passion doing X, Y, and Z? I'm just like, oh, (laughs) 
oh my God, I'm getting physically sick. Oh my God. And then, you know, tops, it probably took about 45 minutes. And then, you know, yet, and then I immediately got the rejection lever. Well, Tim, we appreciate you coming in, but unfortunately we don't have a position for you and we're not, we don't have a match for your skill set. but we encourage you to look on online in the portal and keep applying and, you know, take more of an interest in X, Y, and Z company. Yeah, that's, that's common. Yeah. I, no, I was there. I was there in the nineties. I was there in the aughts and, uh, I just, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I because uh, it's been so long since I've been in it. But if you, even if you don't have a job, and then at our age they're asking you what you're passionate about, like fuck you, bitch. I want fucking money. What is this passion shit? Like that's something to ask a high school and college kid. And even then, it's a bullshit lie. Passion in in your fifties and forties. Fuck you. Do you? What do you think my passion is, lady? I got twenty years experience in this field. And then fuck passion. Do you pay? Or more importantly, where's the work? That would be a, that would be a, I don't even know why the, the meeting took place. Yeah. Uh, they didn't well, have the work. Yeah. I mean, I mean the way they work and th this, this company, cause I've been to these kind of catacombs before it's been a few years though. It's just like casting a net into the ocean. We'll see what we dredge up. So what are they going for? Some high end IT genius who doesn't know what he's worth and is willing to work for 40 grand a year or what? Uh, that that's part of it. I mean, okay. what, what they're looking for is, and this is, this also ties into, um, what a friend of mine and I have been discussing for a number of years now is that IT unfortunately is really starting to manifest in full force, a blue collar type of characteristics and mentality. And I mean, blue collar in terms of the disparaging sense, which is, Hey, we need we need a we need a truckload of Mexicans to help put up drywall. Okay. Okay. But, but so, that's not the same as like we need a bunch of Python programmers. Actually, it is. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah. Because w with these federal contracts, okay, <clears throat> a lot of it is we want the contract build, 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 build. Okay, and consequently, you get systems that are built that cost more than originally forecasted. And the government gets burdened with licenses that they have to, to deal with. And then the contractor might go out of business or you swap contractors and then somebody's going to build, build, build another system. Mm. Kind of schizophrenic. Right. But I don't see how, how it's commoditized as much as, say, a roofer or a sheetrocker. Or, or well, is it? I mean, yeah, is, it, is it yeah, really? It's, it's commoditized. I, me, me personally, I would never become a web developer because those skills have been around for about 10 years and it's become commoditized. Okay. Now, I'm not saying somebody who wants to get into IT should not go that route. Most certainly. You need to get your technical chops behind you because that's what people are going to look at. Right. But me, I've been in IT for about 15 or odd some years. And I kind of, I hate to use the term big picture mm. or strategic. It's just, you've seen this shit again and again and again. And, you know, like my girlfriend likes to say, nobody's really asking the question, what cake are we trying to bake? It's more like, let's go to the store. Let's get the eggs. Let's get the flour. Let's go ahead and start baking. With no ingredient or no finished product in mind. Oh, they have a finished product, oh. but it's a shit product. Okay. Yeah. But it's it's just not really sitting down and thinking, what it is? What are we trying to accomplish here? It's just build it. Build it. We need programmers. We need to throw them in, under the contract and build. And yeah, the con the programmers or developers, whoever they are, are commoditized enough. They're numerous enough. 
I mean, even pen testers are a dime a dozen, so people mm. have told me, on the security end. And yeah, you can pay them like 60, 70, or 80 grand adjusted for the DC market, and you can push them around and you can get rid of them. Right. Yeah. So nothing's changed since I left 10 years no, ago. No, it's nothing's no, changed. It's the same. Okay. All right. Well, fuck it then. I'm glad. I'm glad I have. See, even if I die or I have to go back, I'm at least going to hold like, oh, what was your greatest accomplishment in life? It's like, I didn't work for you assholes for at least 10 years. Go fuck yourself. That's what, you know, that's, that's going to be my, you know, even if I have to go back and suck dick, it's going to be like, yeah, but 10 years, I wasn't your goddamn slave. And I, I don't, I don't think I could, I mean, how do you tolerate that? I mean, that that's, I know like you kind of have to because of your, your girlfriend and the living situation. And she's wonderful, by the way. I, 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 I remember meeting her. She's a nice gal mm-hmm. uh, and intelligent too and, and skilled. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, my God, do you, I mean, can you just, are you driven towards self-employment or is it just like, ah, fuck it. You, you're going to, something's going to come up. I mean, you, you kind of have to be Zen about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't, <clears throat> I don't foam in the mouth like I used to when I first came here to DC when I was countering some of this stuff. I'm just, I'm just over it. And I let it, it's like water off a duck's ass. Mm-hmm. You just let it wash over you. I go to these interviews partially because I need to, but partially because I'm using it as information pumping. Mm. So, you know, what I found is, my friend has seen this too, is that the rigid mindset, the bureaucratic thinking, they don't know what they want or they can't articulate what they want. They over-rely on a process instead of, let's sit down and have a conversation Mm -hmm. about where you might be able to fit and even with the whole fit thing, it's like, okay, so I'm, <clears throat> you know, I'm a little older than you are. I got some gray hairs. I got some experience behind my belt, but that intimidates them. Are they younger than you, these HR people or what? Because I, I remember HR was across. You'd have some old hag. You'd have some 23-year-old dits, and, and none of them knew anything about the job that you were applying for. So, I'm, Oh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's HR. That, okay. But that's, that's usually in a screening interview. Right. When you actually have a sit down with somebody that might be close to the practice or maybe something that you're working with, mm-hmm. I might intimidate them because they're just like, oh, we never asked these questions before. Okay. Well, I'm asking these questions because number one, I want to make sure that there's work there. I don't give a shit about your benefits or work-life balance because there's no fucking job yet. <laughs> and when, no you co- when you come to me with it, when you come to me, it's like, Tim, we would like to make you an offer. Then we can start talking about okay. that. Not before because I could easily be eliminated. Okay. I don't, I don't like your tie or I don't know. I mean, he's a white male. I don't know if we want to bring in white males. That's why I'll never work at Facebook. Um, or some of these other things. It's just like, Oh my God, it's, or you get technical folks that are interviewing me and they ask me all these technical minutia. I don't give a shit. I learned it on the job. You know, I ask them in the beginning, is this a primarily technical position or is this a little bit more of a mix? You know, like technical here, a little bit of sales here. Hmm. You're going to be meeting with decision makers. And again, that's slightly consultative role or things like that. All of that is just to kind of gauge what kind of job this is. If it's a purely technical role, like I'm going to be the Mexican putting the drywall up, fuck off. I'm not okay. interested. I uh, I don't envy you. It's good to hear from you all. Let's <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, we got some asshole consulting we need to do. We got we got some. Um, hang on, I gotta go take a piss. Why don't we take a break? We also gotta do super chats too. Okay. But God, man, I mean, right off the bat, I mean, I again, I'm still not worried about you, uh, because you are highly skilled. 
Uh, not to say I, I don't dare say you'll you'll hit the ground running or he always falls on their feet because I, I just hate need to hit the ground running, Aaron. I'll find something. The, yeah, I just oh he'll be fine, you know. And meanwhile, let's give all the money to the piece of shit, you know, but not oh, not yeah. help out the and, and but I still with your skill set and everything. But man, it's it's just you know because you're more higher skilled than I am. It's it's a pretty darn good economy, and you're still running into this bullshit. And what I'm what I'm thinking this isn't baby boomer bullshit you're running it's our generation now that's that maybe even the younger generation asking all these stupid fucking uh, uh screening interview i mean I, I can't believe you still have hr people doing screening interviews oh yeah oh well before you take a piss i'll, I'll give a i'll give an excellent example of where this uh where this is bad enough microsoft so mm-hmm. last year i talked with a guy they were trying to get people into their cloud practice microsoft azure is the main cloud platform okay so i was talking with the guy who actually worked in microsoft and he was based out of chicago so we had a skype interview and i could tell you know i could tell talking with the person that he's simpatico he understands you know we click we get it all those things and he was going to send off my information because he did not he unfortunately did not have the hiring power okay okay i accept that but one thing out of anything else that stood out in that conversation, he said, the big problem that Microsoft has is that they have outsourced the recruiting. And to the T, about eight months later, I got a call from somebody at Microsoft who was based out in uh, the, the, uh, the Redmond office, or I forget where she was. <clears throat> and then it, it was your typical millennial chick who talked about passion, and then she's like, well, how would you rate your skills on a scale wait, of one wait, to four? Wait, over the guy, wait, you already talked to this guy who worked, he was he was front line. He knew- He was front line, he was an HR recruiter. Right, then they, it's almost, you're going backwards. Now you're talking to the 24-year-old HR dits who doesn't know jack fuck all shit, is gonna ask you what your favorite color is, and if you could be an animal, which one would be and why? Well, not that bad, but it oh. was, how would you rate your skills on a scale of one to four? And I'm like, he, he's he's right. And unfortunately, to try to get anything with Microsoft, you got to go externally. So contact a recruiter or something like that, or contact a recruiter, or maybe you get a decent recruiter. And it's, you know, a, you know, a big problem that you have <clears throat> with with the job market and applying is that there are too many variables involved. Okay, let, let's go back to my, my silly example. Iron, there's a pile of shit on the floor that we need to pick up. Right. Okay. You and I can have a conversation. Let's get it done. We'll do it, and then we'll have a beer afterwards. Okay, right. very simple. It's a job. We've agreed what we do. We get it done as soon as we can, and blah, shit blah, cleaners, blah. LLC. Yes, yes. Right. Now, imagine if you had five people involved between you and I to try to negotiate picking the shit up from the floor. Now you see where there's a serious problem. Right. And not they're not in-house. They're they're contractors. The independent they're they're, they're some out- might be contractors, right. but there's also people internally. It's because you know you're the you're the hiring manager, so it has so we have to go through the diversity type of screening. Do you have compliance. a disability right. compliance? Right. And then it goes to this person who maybe it's in their queue and they're looking at many different people. And oh, by the way, they're going to events or maybe they're on vacation, so then it sits there for about a month or so. Oh yes, and then it gets kicked over to the next person who might be in the same kind of thing. And well, I don't know, you got to kick it back and all these things so now six months have passed by and the shit's still on the floor i'm amazed how they uh, uh, employers especially think now i'm i'm not a guy that lives paycheck to paycheck but i remember being poorer and i remember not having six months reserve of cash and like you need a job within a month 
you know, either because you yeah. got fired, you got laid off, you got furloughed, or you knew, or the company was closing down, or you, mm-hmm. unless you were like, you had to quit because it was, it was insane. Like <laughs> most people need a job within a month and you're taking six fucking, I remember getting rejection letters for jobs. I don't even fucking remember applying for Same probably because I applied for a year ago and it's like, what in F's name is going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hasn't uh, changed. Okay. Hasn't changed. But let's go ahead and take our. Yeah, let's take our potty breaks and all that. We'll get, right, we'll get back on that. And then, okay. uh, do you sing, sing the girl from Impanema? Um, no. Do you I don't sing? have to. No, no, it's a joke. It's a joke. Okay. Chad Elkins always sings the girl from Impanema. The girl from Impanema. <laughs> and when she passes by, everyone goes, ah. Yes. <laughs> Well, you're better than Chad. I'll, I'll have you come on and say instead of Chad. That, yeah. that was the, I, okay, I got to go pee, but after, but only after I insult Chad. Um, gotcha. So uh, I have a horrible singing voice, and I thought I did. And then Eden, uh, a friend of mine, uh, was talking to me. She's like, oh, hey, I was listening to your podcast. She tunes into the show. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, Chad can't sing for shit. I'm like, no, no, he can't. <laughs> you sound better than him. I'm like, thank you. Then we got yeah. the GF on. And I said, do you believe what Eden is? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. And I'm like, so when two girls actually agree, then you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe. Yeah. Chad's, okay. Chad's kind of stiff when he sings. That's a problem. Yeah, he's a CPA. What are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, he's a CPA. Yeah. All right, pee break. Pee break. And tan and young and lovely, the girl from Ipanema goes walking. Ah. Oh, can I tell her I love her? Huh? Speaking of the girl from Ipanema, hang on, ever- not there yet. I got, I've had uh, technical difficulties, so I don't have my video on. Mm. Oh, that's um, do you know uh, Cynic in Chief by chance? Have you guys ever crossed paths on the interwebs? No. Oh, okay. I think you would like him. He um. Uh, intellectual like you, also same industry, mm-hmm. uh, IT geek, uh, IT genius, actually. Um, but let's go through the uh, super chats here. Uh, Atham, of course, you know Atham. He yes. goes around. The he does Atham. Too. He, um, I, there's a piece of me that I'd like to do a GoFundMe account for him so he could just pay off his damn tuition and he could actually go to school full time mm-hmm. uh, instead of majoring in chemical engineering for 14 <laughs> years like he's doing right now. Why doesn't he just go into the military? I think he's too old. I think he's 37. He's too old. He was like mm-hmm. me. By the time yeah. I finally figured it out, it was too old. 
And a uh, little known story, I was this close to actually getting accepted into the military because I was 36. Uh-huh. And the recruiter was like, okay, here's the deal. You're too old. Uh-huh. But we have such a high washout rate in this area. And it was Wyoming because Wyoming men are <laughs> substandard. I don't even know the word. I just Sub-hu- Subhuman. Subhuman. Thank you. Thank you. They were subhuman. And he's like, there's going to be a lot of washout. And kind of, he's looking at me. I think I was even older than him. He's like, yeah, this guy will show up on time. Yeah. Um, and, but I know he's like, I, you know, it's, I, I can't promise you anything. I never heard back from him. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it was that close. But uh, <laughs> he says for $2, good morning, mofos. Good morning, Atham. Bacon Mail Dito of the goddamnbacon.com for two twenty three. He says, why in the world is Clary up so early? Uh, because uh, Mr. Tim is over on the East Coast. And um, I had to wake up early because I was important enough for you to wake up on time. Yeah, actually. Uh, yeah. Chad woke <laughs> up and oh, when I have people come on as guests, I, I'll wake up, you know, not, not 4 a.m. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get up. Uh, I got to get up early again, I think, Tuesday or maybe it's the afternoon. We're going to have what's, ritual- what's early for you. Early for me, central time is anytime before nine. Okay. Um, I was up at five Eastern today. Well, good for you. <laughs> He's a fucking cookie. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, in the, the old early days, bird catches the worm. Yeah. yeah. Good I have for you, to, guys. I have to pursue my passion, Aaron. Um, before I discovered melatonin, I would stay up till 4 a.m. working and then I'd sleep till one or two in the afternoon. And of course, everybody, nobody knows you're up till 4 a.m. working. They just think like you went to bed at 10 and you got yourself 16 hours of sleep. Like, oh, it must be tough. It's like, no, you don't understand. I was at the Perkins till 3 a.m. writing, you know, and, and doing all this shit online. And then I went to bed. So I really only got eight or nine hours of sleep. Um, you know, speaking of Perkins, I'm one yeah. of the, probably the few people out there in the Clary sphere that know what Perkins is. Thank you very much. Thank you for knowing because what Because there's is. a Perkins in my hometown that I've been to several times. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Well, I, yeah, I've tried to explain Perkins. I'm. They're like, well, what's it like? I'm like, well, it's like Baker Square. And like, what's a Baker Square? I'm like, fuck, don't you guys have it? <laughs> so now I have to find out all these different regional. I mean, what's, what's on the West Coast? There's no... There's no Perkins and there's no Baker Square. So I'm trying to like, well, it's kind of like Village Inn, but Village Inn only goes about as far as Colorado. I actually remember Baker Square too. I don't I don't remember if I ever ate in one, but I remember that name. Yeah. So uh yeah, there's Baker Square, mm-hmm. Village Inn. I mean, what's over on the East Coast? What's your 24-hour diner? You got anything? <clears throat> well, I know common ones. Perkins is there. I think that's I think that's a Midwest thing, East Coast thing. Um in Western Pennsylvania, they have what's called Eaton Park, but that's not 24 hours. You All can right. get smiley face cookies. That's what they're known for. All but right. it's your, it's like a Perkins. Waffle um, House is down south, but that is a shit show. That you bring your gun and your, your Kevlar to. Um, it's Waffle House is up north in my hometown, too. I was, oh. I was shocked when I saw that years ago. Just like, I thought that was a southern thing. Yeah. Well, maybe they're expanding. And, and, and yeah. Uh, I mean, it's all right to go to get greasy food, but it's not something you want to go to every day. Right, right. It's, yeah. uh, or get shot at. I, I just, my buddy, yeah. my buddy, when we were down in Florida, he, he's like, oh, let's go to Waffle House because it's open. I'm like, okay. And uh, he's like, here's a gun. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm deadly serious. He's like, here's a gun. I'm like, well, you know, like, uh, why? He's like, uh, trust me, you're going to want it in case. I'm like, really? And we got there like, oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't want pancakes this much this late in the evening. Yeah, no. 
Waffle House is not exactly um, fine dining, but um, uh-huh. it's not the same as Perkins, though, because it, it really is a, a greasy spoon. Perkins is, it tries its best to be a sit-down family restaurant. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm trying to, and in all my exploring, I don't think there really is an equivalent like in California or Phoenix or Texas. Uh-huh. No. There really isn't anything to kind of uh, <clears throat> explain it to. Uh, Just got to be there. Was cookie barrel, crack cracker barrel, cracker barrel, but yeah, but well, cracker barrel is a little different because you got the shop there, right? But it's the same kind of dining experience, I guess. Uh, I'm just trying to explain it to the listeners who haven't. It, it, it to me, it's shocking. No one knew what a Perkins or a Baker Square was. I'm like, well, where do you guys go on Sunday? You know that kind of thing. Um, so. Uh, for, for those of you who are out of, out of that, I guess the mid, the central part of the country, it, it's, uh, hard to describe, but, um, well, I'm glad you know what it is. Um, so yes, bacon, that's why I'm up so early. So we have that there, uh, bacon for another two twenty three. What? No, that's, that's the same one. Google just refreshed it. Nonstop Dre three sixty five. We appreciate nonstop Dre cultural fit. Like what gender and race? It I hate to say it, it doesn't even sound like that. It just sounds like the um what was the the female group of witches in Dune? What do they call those? The the um the Benny Jesuit. The Benny Jesuit. That's really what it is. It's not look, if you happen to be not white, okay guys, all of you, anybody with a penis, doesn't matter what your skin color is, you're gonna run into this shit. This sound, this is, uh, this has nothing to do with race or gender. This is, uh, it does have something to do with gender because it's female, but it really is witchcraft, astrology, Wiccanism, uh-huh. and <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know what else to to describe it. But that that's the best uh, analogy I could come up with was with that that Dune reference. Fit, uh, fit fits a bullshit term because you. You, whenever they say something about fit, or they, you know, they they try to plug that as like, look, are you are you really trying to hire? I actually, you know, I saw this article. It was a couple of days ago. I think it was a, it was a really good way to look at it. <clears throat> they broke it down. I forget where it was, but they broke it down into two separate categories. One is techni- One is job fit. The other one is cultural fit. Okay, job fit is can you do the job? Okay, so. You know, if I go to try to apply for a job in a, in a mining establishment to go mm-hmm. into the mines, there's probably not going to be a job fit. I'm going to have to be trained in a certain way. Okay, understandable. You know, I don't have any experience in, in mining. But the cultural fit is also like, does this guy fit in here and do we feel comfortable with him or her? You know, because fit could be, yeah, if you're a white male, you've already got a mark against you. If you're above a certain age, you've already got another mark against you, particularly if you're going to be working with a lot of millennials. And if you're white male above a certain age, you've got a double whammy because, you know, you're creepy. We hate white males. You're patriarchal and all that stuff. Right. Right. I know. It sucks being superior. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, it does. It does. does, And you know what? That's fine. As my friend says, I wish you well. But it, but it, that's what I'm trying to convey to everybody else in my experiences is that it really had nothing to do. Yeah. Okay. You had a, I remember a Dane Rauscher uh, that got bought out by CBC. Uh, they can go eat a bag of Dexas. Say, well, if you were black, we could hire you. And I, I was too young at the time Ooh, in the nineties. Wow. I was too, yeah. I was too young at, at the time. Then like, talk about shit. I should have recorded truth. that. 
yeah, I, I should have. And but see, I was so even then, me, independent me, I was so brand. Oh yeah, I guess I understand. Like no, I should have fucking filed an EEOC lawsuit. Damn, up your yeah, ass. you could have cashed out on that one. Yeah, I could have cashed out on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to your standard uh, affirmative action hurdles, there there is this culture within corporate America or government America, uh, where the, this I I don't know what else to describe it a psycho cult. Um, this cultural fit, we all have to get along and kumbaya. <clears throat> like when I was in banking, what, the last banking job I worked, this is just to give you an example. They, they, these employers really don't delineate between your work life and your personal life. Like they think they're entitled to your personal life. These are the people that remember a decade ago, they're asking for your Facebook password. I've, I've, I've actually never had that asked of me. Well, but th- that was happening back in the day. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then when I worked for this last bank, I went like, well, we expect you to get involved in the local community and the Kiwanis, and then you should be in the in the parade. And this is like, fucker, I'm here to <laughs> analyze your goddamn loans, you dumbass, you know, 23 chromosome Wyoming hick. Fuck you. Pay me my goddamn money. I do my job, my goddamn job, and then I go home. But there's this like this cult, this belonging, this yeah, maybe it's with the younger people too, where it's like, well, do you have work life balance? And there was even articles about how like you're supposed to go out with your coworkers yeah, and like yeah. work is your family. And it's like that Fuck wasn't the case. You. That wasn't the case 20 years ago, but I've noticed that more and more over the past five or six years because of the millennials that are in there. Because, you know, they're all about work life balance and mentorship and leadership in training. Well, I got news for you. A lot of these places that I've worked, they're they're kind of like to hit the ground running. Or, well, well, no, Tim, you know, we're I understand that you've driven Honda Civics for the past 10 years, but we're looking for somebody that can drive a Honda Accord. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I shit you not. I, I, I shit know. you not. That's where I, that. That's where that job fit comes in because you're just like motherfucker. You know. But you, yeah. you see from my resume how much experience I have. I don't have any directical technical skills. It will take me probably two to three weeks to learn it. Learn the job. Boom. I'm pr- I'm I'm productive. But oh no, my- Tim. We're looking for somebody to drive a Honda Accord. You just don't understand. But here's where I don't get it. You want all this cultural fit. It's like they're fucking trying to find a spouse to their they're, they're trying to find and, a unicorn. And nobody stays for more than two fucking years. They're trying to find a unicorn. And as you say, the, the unicorn leaves after one or two years. You're just like, I got a better job. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Oh, oh. And then we got to throw more money at that person. I, oh. mm-hmm. Or then they just go through the whole rigmarole again. And they're just like, well, we need we need to find the unicorn who has the proper cultural fit. You know, it's just, it's, it, it also bespeaks a lack of urgency on their part because there, like I've told people, there, there's work to do. You know, go mm-hmm. back to our silly example. There's a pile of shit on the floor. We need to get this work done. But it's like there's no sense of urgency to get it done. I'm kind of – it will be long dead before anyone comes up with an answer. But there has to be some kind of processes or underlying reasons that there is such a disconnect from getting the fucking job done. And this, even in the nineties, even all this pomp and circumstance bullshit. I mean, the, the amount of hurdles I can understand, like if there was a recession going on and you want the Mm -hmm. best of the best, you could be an arrogant power tripping cocky fuck 
who wants to like make you take all these tests and all that. But now the fact they even have this going on now about the best time I ever seen it get back to where it should be was when there was the oil boom going on and uh-huh. they, there was, someone was telling me a yep. story about a guy who was a expert oil pump mechanic. Like this is a very hot, we need this guy, get him here. What does he need? 125,000. And the HR, bring him on. Yeah. The HR, haha, was asking him dumbass questions like, well, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Well, guess who got fired? I mean, one of the rare things of of justice. She got fired, her position eliminated. And then, like, uh, they had Bob, who was in charge of oil pump maintenance, decide to hire all these guys. So it, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, It, that but that's the last I so I'm I have no idea, no idea because it costs so much money and time. You think there might be a financial mind ahead of this, like saying uh, we can get rid of the twenty three year old HR ditzes, but apparently not. Um, well, w- when you're talking about the oil boom, you know the whole Bakken oil field type of thing, mm-hmm. and that's something I've I've come to the conclusion to in the past couple of years is that. If you really want to avoid a lot of that bullshit, you have to go where there's a critical need and it's almost an all hands on deck mentality because right. you're like, you know, as you said, I need an, I need an oil mechanic. How much does he want? 120. Fine. Bring Fine, him on here. board. Go get him on. There we go. Right. Get it dead because we got so much shit we need to do. We have no time to piss around. To and it cuts around. away through the bullshit. Yep. But yep. personal fit, cultural fit on an oil rig. Hey, are you a pussy and you cry and need your mommy and suck your thumb? No, get your fucking ass on this rig and here's your eighty dollars an hour. Yep, yep. That I mean, that's what I'm trying to find, Aaron. If if any of the listeners out there in in, in the Clary sphere have any leads for me, like traveling <laughs> where I can root in the DC and there's a lot of shit that needs to do, where is the work? Fine, send me over to that. I'll gladly work. Well, what, well actually, you you may. Be, what, what's your skill set? Do you want to divulge? Uh, because Do I want to divide. Okay, so I've been in IT for about fifteen years. Right. I am not specifically hands on. I am not a sysadmin. I'm not a web developer. I'm not a data scientist. I'm not any of that. I'm kind of the program project manager. I work in information security, compliance, things like that. I'm somewhere at a like a mid or high level type of person. Now, can I learn the hands-on? Sure, but I'm going to go learn the hands-on that's more in demand and not something that's kind of leveled out, and it's it's now kind of becoming automated or things like that. That's the All broad right. brushstrokes. All right. Well, no, you'd be surprised. I mean, I found other people jobs, and I've even thought, like, my dating uh, service that I thought might have a shot, which it didn't. Mm-hmm. The job might I've, – I've actually found people jobs. Well, I did get one guy laid. I'll admit that. I did get one guy laid, so that was okay. good. Yeah, I got another no, guy. I'm looking day. for a job. That, thanks for the offer, but <laughs> right, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. You never know. Somebody out there might might be interested. Okay. Uh, Wizardly Wizard for five dollars says, "Is there any reason to switch to bonds as you get older rather than staying ninety percent equity with a cash fund to mitigate withdrawals during downturn?" Wizardly Wizard, it all depends on your life expectancy. That's why I can't give. Not only am I legally not allowed to give financial advice until I get to know you personally. Specifically, how long your parents lived? I, I I need numbers. I need specifics. It's like, is this a good house to buy? I'm like, I, I don't know. Is it a good town? Is it a good market? I mean, it's very highly dependent on your individual situation. And in your particular case, like, how long did your parents live? Because that's basically how long you're going to live. I always get a kick. Everyone thinks, oh, I can retire early at 62 or regular at 65. It's like, not if your parents live to 96, you can, motherfucker. Yeah. You're going to have to work till you're 80. You know, so it, it really, it really depends. Um, you inevitably would like to quote unquote cash out switching from equities to bonds. 
Uh, but even, I mean, you know, even I've, I've known uh, old people, you still want to have a fair amount of equity because uh, the bonds, then you're just basically going with like, well, what does the interest rate pay me? And is that enough to, to help me survive? Um, so I, I can't, I can't recommend it without giving you more detail, getting more information about you. Um, scrolling down nonstop Dre for three, uh, another dollar 99. What skills are, are the most in demand skills? You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know what uh, skills are in the most demand? The ones that pay the most there, not yes. sociology. Well, okay. So I can comment a little bit on this speaking for my team. Mm. <clears throat> Try to do some research. What is the most in demand? Meaning, where are you going to be dealing with the less, the least amount of bullshit? Hmm. Okay. I need data scientists and I need them now. And here you go. Whatever your asking price is. That's what's in demand. If you try to go like the Cisco CCNA type of a route, that that's that's Commodity the ship sale. The ship is sailed passed right. on that one. Okay. Doesn't mean you're not going to get a job, but you're going to go through a lot more bullshit, a la what we had discussed about at the top of the conversation. Well, you don't have this certification. You don't have this kind of experience. You don't work in this, in this industry. Don't. You drive a civic and not an accord. Yeah. You drive a civic and not an accord. And if you really want to add, add um, fuel to your booster rocket, if you want to get trained up in it, go in the military and have them pay for it. I keep recommending that, but I catch flack from a lot of people. They yeah. say that's all I do is recommend the military, which yeah. I don't. I recommend the military and not getting a single mother pregnant. That's what I also. Oh, recommend. yes. Oh, yes. That's, yeah. Yes. That's, so in case you guys are wondering, should I knock up a woman who already has another man's child? The answer is no. And that's all <laughs> asshole consulting ever offered in this entire history of existence. That's right. Uh, Charles Mack, who's also a fellow IT uh, individual, he says, I loathe the interview process. I don't miss it. Thank God for Charlie for 240 or 34. Mm-hmm. I'm just scrolling down. We haven't gotten to asshole consulting. This is great. Uh, the bearded nemophilist. Is that a thing? You're more educated than me. Do you know what a nemophilist is? Um, in love with Nemo. <laughs> no, I, I guess he says, good afternoon from Loserville, Kentucky. Waffle house <laughs> is a complete crap show, especially at 3 a.m. Yes. That's what I was saying. I know. And especially I've been in there. Kentucky. Yeah. In Kentucky. Right. Yeah. Which I guess is the east side of the country's version of Wyoming. Nonstop yes. Dre, 360 for 499. After I get my computer science degree by the age of 26 with my GI Bill, see, he's the one who did it smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, would becoming an officer of the United States Marine Corps or the United States Air Force be a good idea? I'm 22, United States Marine Corps, vet, blackmail. Blackmail doesn't matter. No. Uh, I was in the military, so I can comment on that. Yeah, you could you could comment. What I mean, does it make sense for him to change branches, though? Or okay, so <clears throat> I was in the army and I was enlisted, and I chose to become enlisted rather than an officer for the following reasons. Number one is I worked in IT, so I got to choose my job. That's usually the case when you're enlisted. Here is your here is your job that you signed up for. You have a much better than average chance of doing that job. If you're in garrison, meaning you know at the fort or whatever air base or whatever it is, and then deployed downrange, then you would if it's something that is you know kind of nebulous because the military says, yeah, we can train you to do anything, and then you wind up being trained as an MP, mm. okay, not the one you want necessarily. Um, the problem with officers in the army is that when you're in officer candidate school, one example, is that you have to pick three branches. 
one of which is combat arms because you're a male. Oh, the joys of being a male. <laughs> and, and then the problem is, okay, so let's say that you want to go in the signal core, which is communications, which is where the IT is. Okay, right. you can choose that, but there's no guarantee that you're going to get that branch. Rather, the needs of the fill-in-the-blank are going to trump everything. So if they need people in air defense artillery, guess what? You're going to go to air defense artillery. And, you know, you might think it's a good gig. You do that for four years, but then you get out, and then what are you trained to do? Not a whole hell Kill of a lot. people with flying robots. Right. Right. So right. if you want to become an officer, I would recommend you try to do it in the other services other than the Army and see if you can get something that really will have a payout when you get out. Because lots of people say, yeah, you know, I can go in the military and stay in for 20 years and I get the pension. 20 years is a long fucking time. And I counsel vets all the time, been doing it for a few years you know, with IT. And more often than not, you have vets that have been in for like 20, 25, sometimes even 30 years. And if they started were 18, you know, they're, they're in their mid-40s pushing 50. Right. And all they've known is something that has no equivalent in the outside world. And guess what? They're going to be far behind the eight ball. What... Um especially since he's getting his degree in computer science, he'll graduate at the age of 26 mm -hmm. uh, because in, in the skills decay so quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking, and, and nothing against the military, you know, I'm very pro-military, but it almost makes me think, get out of the military full-time, go mm -hmm. work in the private sector where you're going to get paid the most, but mm -hmm. then, you know, keep a toe in via, via the reserves or the uh, National Guard or something. I mean, is, and, and he could he could enlist as an officer there, correct? Yeah, he could. Okay. Yeah. Because it's not full time like you would on active duty. Mm -hmm. Now, if he wants to go the officer route, I I would recommend either something to do with communications, preferably, preferably not satellites, because satellites really doesn't have a, an analog in the civilian world unless you work for a specific kind of contractor. Mm. Something that's IT specific. Or intelligence. Why intelligence? Because you have the greater likelihood of giving a top, getting a top secret clearance, which is really going to be helpful when you get out and go into the civilian world if you want to work for defense contractors. Oh, okay, for the contracting route. Yes. At yeah. least get a secret clearance, which I had when I was on active duty, and then I had a top secret clearance when I was in the government. So... I mean, it's expired now, so it's a little bit more difficult to try to get positions that way. But because I've had it, and if somebody were to bring me on to sponsor me, that I can get it back within two to three months. Okay. So I'm, it's it, it's valuable. Yeah. No. I I just I, he's he's no matter where he ends up, I don't think you know. Here here you got this young guy who's majoring in computer science. He's looking at becoming an officer. Like I, I think he's going to do all right regardless. Yeah. But I I would uh well listen listen to Tim because he knows more than me. But that that computer science degree, if you're going to get that, actually avail yourself of it. Um, yeah. I also just want to say that being an officer is not necessarily what's cracked up to be. Because hmm. speaking from the army, army, particularly army officers, they are trained to be generalists, to lead troops, to be a quote supervisor or a quote manager. Okay. Hmm. That's not branch specific. Now, if you're lucky to end up in the signal corps where you're working with lots of computer geeks, great. You could be infantry officer because they need that. And so you're working with a bunch of grunts. Not so great. Okay. They're not and they're not hacking out code to defeat the enemy. No, they're not no, hacking out code. Not, you're no. you know, you're on maneuvers and oh Point guess and what? Shoot. You're gonna you're you're gonna be the ones deployed, first of all. Because mm. you're the you're the bayonet carriers. Mm. Yeah. 
All right, Bitcoin motorist, Cappy, I'm going so back to school. Anybody that's oh, interested going. in going into the military, you really need to Yeah, so you really need to to kind of look at it not long term, but more short term based on your contract. So if you decide to do four years and you can hack it and you get out, make sure you have something that will set you up a little better out in the civilian world. Cool. I wish you were informed about that. That's all I got matters. to say on this. I, I wish you had some background or something like that. That's you know what's great about being Gen X. We know everything what? and we know not to listen to the boomers. Like the, we were the filter. We were the spleen or the liver or whatever filtered out the bullshit of the baby boomers. And now we just give pure awesome advice to younger <laughs> people. It's how fucking awesome this be Gen X. And now we don't even, I was reading an article yesterday that even mentioned Gen X. They just went straight from boomers to millennials. I'm like, uh, excuse me. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. We'll live in the shadows. That's fine. We'll mm -hmm. just control everything. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin motorist for four ninety nine. Cappy, I'm going back to school because it's free. Couldn't get into software engineering. Fall back on economics or information systems. Uh, information systems. Information do not systems. Do, yeah, yeah, don't do economics. No, that's mm -hmm. even I will tell you that. And if you said you couldn't get into software engineering, we'll apply to other schools. Mm -hmm. I had one guy like he thought his life was over. I'm like, well, did you apply to other schools because you couldn't get into a certain program? He's like, no. I'm like, well, why don't you apply to other schools? Yeah. Uh, Fernando Cavett. He's a regular. Uh, my great-grandfather became a Navy officer in 1917. He became a battleship uh, commanding officer and director of the Navy Museum. He died in vice admiral in his 50s. Oh, he died very early. Mm. Well, that's too bad. Fernando, does he? He's, okay, if he's a vice admiral, I imagine he must have like a Wikipedia page. That'd be kind of cool to, to check him out, see who he was. Oh, dang it. We got... Oh. Okay. Everybody don't get pissed off if I don't answer your um, super chats because YouTube keeps refreshing the page and I have to go through it again and again. So let me get through it here. Nice and slow. Socrates, the accountant for $5. I got my CPA license last year, almost doubled my income and no more HR ditzes. Life is much better after you make yourself indispensable. Awesome, Socrates. That is awesome to fucking hear. Yep. You don't ever have to deal with those HR kuanta ha ha ha's. Doesn't mean he won't have to deal with them later on, but well, but there'll be clients. Oh my god! It's like went on a party and I had martinis, yeah. and then I got my That's master's right. in HR management. But no, I didn't. That's right. And I talked about what kind of animal, what my favorite spirit animal is. <laughs> uh, Charles Mack, two sixty five. Love to stay and listen. By I got Paige. Have fun. All right, thanks, Charlie. We'll have you on uh, with everybody else over in the Seattle area. Wizardly Wizard for $2. Answer my question, please. Did we answer it before? I thought we had Wizardly Wizard's question, unless he made the donation beforehand. Well, just, why I hate, I hate Just play that. it back. I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we got it. And anybody, if you did send in a, a super chat and I didn't answer it, because again, the, the chat screen cycles so quickly you can't go all the way back. Just shoot me an email and let me know if you sent something. I'll answer in the next one. There's Fernando. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Atham for $2 says, Aaron and Tim, I can't get the girls. What do I do, please? Help. How, do, how does one? Tim, how do you get the girls? How would you say to get the girls? Oh, I, Aaron, you know, that, that, that's, you're asking me to drive a Honda Accord when I've been driving a Honda Civic for the past 10 years. I don't think I could do that job. 
You're much more qualified to answer that than I am. No, but the answer is numbers. You throw enough troops up on the beach, mm-hmm. 70% of them are going to get slaughtered, but 30% will make it through. There you go, guys. Be yeah. courageous, be brave, be fearless, and get your ass shot down. That's it. That's how you get the girls. Watch the first 10 to 15 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. That's how it is. Yep, there you go. And that's that's kind of what it is, except, you know, Saving Private Ryan was noble and worthy. Uh, chasing after girls, I kind of wonder after times. Hi, Alpha uh, for $2 says, why is Incel Roosh hanging out with E. Mike Jones? Who's E. Mike Jones? And how is Roosh an incel? Hang on, E. Mike Jones. Uh, I don't even know who E. Mike Jones is. Rapper. He's not not coming up. He's not coming up. I don't think Roosh is hanging out with the rapper. No. Um... So there is that. Yes, I I don't know. Roosh Roosh is not an incel. He has Roosh could never get laid again. He'll still blow away over ninety nine percent of the male population in terms of how much uh, girls he slept with. Um, <clears throat> that is true. All right, cool. We're caught up with super chats. Um, let's get to That's- some asshole consulting. You ready? Yep. Do you have to get going anytime soon, or what? Yeah, I gotta go. I can stick around for another 45 minutes. All right, let's do it. We'll bang out a couple here. All right, this comes from uh, Anonymous. Uh, Hi, Aaron. I'm about to start my junior year studying accounting, but I have some questions about once I start working. Ideally, I start working at an accounting firm after I graduate in two years and become a CPA. Within about a year of graduating, I'll be eligible to sit after my senior year, and I'm in California. After that, I plan to start my own practice doing taxes, but I'm also interested in offering financial planning. I'm familiar with your contempt of any career related related to finance, but was curious as to what you think of offering financial planning in addition to the services of the CPA. The AICPA, this accreditation board, offers a certification called the Personal Financial Specialist, which is only obtainable by CPAs. The additional requirements are not as rigorous as the CPA, so I thought it might be good a good way to expand my horizon. Let me know what you think of me starting my own tax slash financial planning practice. It would be great if you could get your CPA's buddies inputs on it too. Thanks, Mason. And uh, I won't, I don't even need to get uh, Chad's input. And if, if he changes, if he, he says it's something different, we will broadcast that. But uh, Tim, what is your, your uh, non-accounting opinion of this approach? Well, first I would say, yeah, Chad's probably the most qualified to answer that. But right. some things that stick out for me is number one, get the hell out of California as soon as you possibly can. <laughs> uh, number two is don't, if you're going to go for the CPA, go for the CPA, go for the highest that you can get because that's the industry recognized credential. Mm. Don't get anything that's one or two, two steps behind that. Talk to a lot of CPAs and find out how do they get their start? What are some niches that they want to focus on? Something else you might want to consider because, you know, um, you talk about betterment. And yeah. I'm talking with guys over at uh, Personal Capital, which is one of those robo-advisors. Mm-hmm. And um, they have some really robust platforms. You know, you you match all your accounts and then they use their software on the back end to show projections right. and reallocate your funds. You might want to talk to people who work at those because there are two guys who are financial planners and they're slightly younger guys. So, you know, they're up with all this stuff who work for for my personal capital. That might be something to look into because if you're just going to do the one-to-one H&R blog type of cafeteria, strip mall type of type of a thing, you're going to get automated out in probably the next five to 10 years. Right. Um, I was going to say I'm all for it. 
Uh, simply because I think it can increase his sales by like 80% because you got him there for taxes and it is such an easy sale for like, well, let's talk about financial planning. Now you need a certification and some call it depending on the state and all that. And you're going to get your certification and, and not to mention you need the knowledge for the most part. I agree that finance and financial planning is pretty fucking stupid. It's uh spend less than you make, throw it in here and hope for the best. Here, here's a copy no. of Poor Rich's retirement as you slide it. Right, right. No, it, but at the same time, having this certification and you have a captive audience while you're doing their taxes, by the way, let's do this. And and even I've talked to Chad and we've gotten into stuff like setting up a state trust and all that. And he's like, well, you got to talk to a lawyer. Now, if Chad was also a lawyer, then he could handle it. But yeah, you'd have to outsource it. So if you get that personal financial planning aspect and angle and skill to you, it's going to be a real easy sell. And on top of it, the amount of labor you got to investigate, and I'm sorry, investigate, invest into this person is zero because you already intricately know their financial situation. So you could hook up with Betterment or another financial planning firm that, you know, robo advice or whatever saying, here's what you do. You get your commission, you get your cut, you charge your fee. I, I think it's actually a brilliant idea. It's, it's kind of like, you know, McDonald's like saying, well, maybe we should sell Coke. Like, oh my God, here's some Coke. Who knew people would buy it in addition to a burger? I, I think it w- would pair very well uh, with it. Um, yeah, you're, you're giving them a package deal on the essence. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's. I'm trying to think of, you know, you're at the, the auto shop and uh, you need a new alternator and they say, well, your battery is also dead. Do you want a free battery, you know, another battery and the, it's, it's ready to go. So I would absolutely do the PFS uh, certification, um, especially once you open up your own CPA firm. And you essentially, I would say almost double your revenue. You could even argue that you want to actively manage. You take 1% of their total assets managed, but that's up to you how you want to do your pricing. But no, I think, I think uh, for the amount of time it would take you to get that certification and learn about actual personal financial planning, which is not that difficult. Uh, you're going to get a, a very high rate of return for that minor. I mean, the CPA is going to be like 95% of the work you take in this certification test is going to be 5%, but you're going to double your fucking revenue. Uh, so I absolutely would do that. I think it's a great idea. I could be wrong. Chad might have. Um, so we did that one. Let's get. Here's one that's interesting. You need to take a break. You're good to go. I'm good. Keep it going. Okay. Um, <clears throat> hi, Aaron. I'm a repeated customer. I want to get your thoughts on the following topic. How and why people work twice as hard in life? I've heard you say before, and I want you to expound on it further on this topic along with the following questions. I think what the, this, I think it's a woman that sent this in. Yes, a young lady sent this in. And this is not even my quote. This is Atham's quote. And this is not even Atham's quote. This is Atham's dad's quote. He says, lazy people work twice as hard because they do a shit job the first time because they're lazy. And then they have to do it all over again the right time the second way. And so that's the, uh, and, and lazy people, you major in sociology, you're going to have to go back to college. It's just, that's how it works. So she's talking about that. I've heard you say that before, and I want you to expound on this topic further, along with the following questions. What about other factors that go into it, such as environment, culture, nepotism, and trust fund people? Um, I guess the only thing I'd say there is if like you have rich parents, you can always make the lazy choice. Uh, you look at Pelosi, you look at Ocasio-Cortez, you look at, 
even Ilian Omar, uh, but we could even say Republicans as well. George Bush, George Bush Sr., these guys all came from money. So you can afford to be lazy because your parents' money or the family money is going to pay for the actual money that's going to keep you fed and alive and, and going. And so you can, for that few percentage of people, even Barack Obama, he came from a, a rich white female uh, banker. Uh, that's who actually paid his way through life, his grandmother. Um, it, it's not fair, but these people have a life of luxury. And so they can afford to be lazy and they never have to work. That's why they go into politics and then then they're connected and then they never have to work a real job ever, period. But I don't think environment, culture, nepotism, I mean, unless you came from wealth and you have nepotism, uh, if you don't have like a bailout, you don't have daddy government or daddy, daddy. Uh, Warbucks bailing it out, you're going to have to work twice as hard. And what you see very commonly today is, uh, you know, you're lazy, you major in the liberal arts or something like that. You take on a hundred thousand dollars of debt. It's more than working twice as hard. Not only do you have to go back to school, now you got to pay off the debt with the compounding interest on top of it. So I'd say you work thrice as hard, uh, to be honest. We lose you, Tim. You're still there. No, I'm still here. No. So I, yeah, I would say the first is if you do a shit job the first time, then you're going to have to redo it. And then so therefore you're working twice as hard. As far as the nepotism, yeah, that's a real factor. So, you know, thinking about this for many years, and I don't come from money, just full disclosure, but money itself is helpful and helps to grease the skids. But what is more important is social capital. That's where if you're of the right family, if you come from the right background, you know, you see this with politicians and celebrities or whatever it is. When you really get when you really dig deep down into their backgrounds, you see that maybe they didn't come from money, but they were very well connected. Are are you saying Anderson Cooper didn't get his job through merit and hard work? Well, he's Gloria Vanderbilt's son. I Duh. know that's, that's, I know that's and when when she Uh-oh. passed and he inherits it all, he's like, "Oh, I didn't let it affect me. I'll fuck you, Anderson." Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you, I remember seeing well that one interview a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's I really had to work for it, even though we oh. came from a from a slightly upper crust family. Give slightly. me a fucking break. Just shut slightly. up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, if you don't have the right connections, you're going to be working twice. You're going to be working twice as hard. However. As Aaron has so eloquently put out for the past several years, if you really minimize your variables and you minimize your overhead and your risks, you can actually do fairly well and maybe not work twice as hard. Right. Well, and this is her next question. She says, people work twice as hard to be lazy uh, when they can do the work now and work half as hard. And here's a very interesting observation. This is one thing I don't understand about humans. Um but I guess I would, well, I don't guess I'm almost guaranteeing you it's because they're lower intelligence and most people want to believe in the lie. They want to believe in the lie that they can work half as much and have the same or twice the amount of income or standards of living. And there's no shortage of people in the world. that are going to tell them that follow your heart and the money will follow, you know, major in this education is the most important thing. And I mean, forget whether it's engineering or this, um, people fall for that. They want to believe it. And low IQ people, and by low, I mean like under 110. Okay, that's why I'm considering look because they still fall for it. You could see a lot of 110 bankers who are like, oh, just I'll just sell bad loans on the market and then I'll be, and they all die. 
they all go bankrupt. They all have their houses repossessed. They're all borrowing, leasing. They're smart enough to get leases and keep up the facade. They're not smart enough to realize and forecast in the future that there's a world of pain coming their way. Uh, so for the most part, your lower intelligence people don't sit and critically think about like, well, wait, if if this doesn't pan out, uh, then I will have to work three times as much to pay off this mortgage. Uh, I will have to work three, four, five, six times as much to pay the lease on this Range Rover. Um, it's because lazy is more powerful than intelligence. I think that's that's the way to put it. So that's why it could be very clearly obvious that you will work way more as the single mother of five children from four different fathers than if you just kept your fucking vagina shut, got yourself a CPA, and then had two kids. But they want to believe that they are entitled to the gimme that's. They could spread their legs. They can spit out as many children. Um, but the, the, I, I don't. And, and it sucks. It sucks being poor. It sucks being stupid. It sucks being poor and stupid. It sucks really a lot being poor, stupid, and lazy because you are forever enslaved to your laziness. Uh, but I would I would charter it up to the fact that they're dumb. They, they, they're not smart enough to put that together. Or the temptation of an easy life outranks any kind of intelligence they might muster up. I'd also say that people are cowardly because True. they know they would have to work harder. I mean, nowhere do you see a, a paragon of this but back in the black community. Mm. Where you know your black man's got out of the poverty, one of the worst selling books. <clears throat> it's but not I, the worst, but it's 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 close. Oh, it's competing. It's, okay. It's almost, so you know, I I often have to think about for black males, what would be the best thing that they could do? They have to, they have to act white. They have to aspire to be in a white community and get themselves out of the black. They community. almost need to leave their families a lot of. They times. need to leave their family. They yeah. need to leave their communities, and they need to just go out. <clears throat> Like Cain and Kung Fu, you wander the desert mm. until you find a place maybe where you could settle down. And it's it's not easy. It's not easy. It takes it takes a lot of hard work and sacrifice. But, you know, what's the alternative? You stay and be like all the rest of them. Right. Uh, and then here's another question. It says, people who award their laziness behavior. I don't know if it's necessarily people award. It's, it's a deal with the devil. Uh, the biggest devil is the Democrat Party. It is the Democrat Party. And I don't say it because I'm a Republican. I'm saying how many people it's kept entrapped in poverty. We could we could talk about the black community, but it's pretty much any poor person. Oh, you deserve. Here's the free gimme dats. Here's your here's your your free monies from the taxpayer, and you are oppressed. Da da da. Uh, so there are people who award laziness, but it doesn't come without a price. First, you got to vote for those people, or you buy their shit. That's another thing. Like Nike, like promoting a loser, like. Uh, Colin Limpdick or whatever his fucking name is. Um, or, uh, oh, what's a, a, another example? Uh, Oprah. Oprah's another one where you're just amazing because you have a vagina. Um, <clears throat> we're, we're Here, buy this, our sponsors, buy these beauty things, buy this car, buy this, and vote Democrat. Uh, and when you do that, when you sign up for that, okay. You're going to be salvationed with the Democrat Party. You will have this new car. You will be beautiful and wonderful because you bought Oprah's book. But the cost then, the contract with the devil is, no, you are poor. Um, you're still lazy. You didn't work hard. You had more kids than you could afford. You're still a single mom of five kids from four different fathers. And your life is fucked. But 
Oprah and the Democrat Party sold you some feel goods for decades at a time. I mean, a decade of uh, what we call dopamine, heroin, uh, feel good, uh, serotonin, lie. I guess lies are that sweet taste and they they prevent you from ever acknowledging the the true cost and your the, the, the reality of your situation. Uh, and then you die poor and you, you die a miserable life and you weren't happy and you didn't have kids and, or maybe you had too many and you propagated more uh, single mothers into the world with their consequential children who are not going to be productive members. They will also live miserable lives. But hey, you know what? You felt good because it was nice to be lazy because the Democrat Party sold you on laziness. So I, there's, there's always a charlatan trying to sell you stuff to excuse your own dumbass behavior. Amen, brother. No. Uh, how does people who are associated with them pay for it as well as the collective? Well, you borrow it, and a lot of times they don't pay for it. Well, that, that's, again, the Democrat Party. I'm not even trying to be political. I'm being very precise. Any socialist party, whether it's the Democrats in the United States or labor in the United Kingdom or whatever, it's we're going to grab other people's money to pay f- to basically bail you out of your laziness and your mistakes. That's really what it is. While unconsciously to you, keeping you in that piss poor condition and that piss poor life. Uh, so how does people who are associated with it, they, a lot of times they don't. They don't financially a lot of times because we have democracy and government bails them out. But they pay for it in other ways. Like they're usually fat. They're usually ugly. Um, not to talk about people on welfare, but let's switch it to people who major in worthless shit. Have you noticed how typically leftist sociology majors and liberal arts majors are ugly, physically revolting people. They're not going to hit the gym. They're not going to have great sex lives. They're usually hanging out with inferior people, both in terms of intelligence and morality. Um, it, it they, they pay for it with their lives, a life wasted, you know, and then they die. Oh, wow. You're a pot smoking hippie from the seventies who ran out of money and had to have a reverse mortgage. Well, fucking yipty ding for you. You may as well never been born. You wasted your fucking life. Oh, wow. You're a, a, a chick with her master's degree in communications and you're a millennial and you're going to change the world. Uh, no, you're fucking not. By the way, I'd like cream in my coffee. You dumbass, uh, you know, Starbucks barista. You know, and don't don't you dare tell me that you know more than me as you're making your eight dollars an hour or whatever. Uh, as well as the collective, yeah, collectively we all got to mathematically we all have to bail somebody out unless uh, unless we're willing to let them die in the street. Um, that's the only way. So everybody to the penny pays unless we're just going to start letting people starve themselves to death. And that's all the questions she had about that. You got any insight? Or am I just one hundred percent right? No, no. <laughs> I, I got no other inside. You do it so eloquently, Aaron. Well, I just—I don't know. I'm an economist. I, I just just put it out. Um, yeah, that's right. What? How much time you got? You got twenty minutes left or so? About twenty minutes. Yeah. You know what? Let's just go. We could. I can save these for later. Let me go through. See if there's any more super chats. Is there anything career related? No, but I, I got to kind of stay on it. The, 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 we didn't have any light ones here. There were some pretty serious. Um, 
because this guy is, eh, do we want to do, you know what, let's bang this out and we can go back to Super Chats. Aaron, I've been watching your videos for the past years and currently reading your book, Curse of the High IQ. I think I have a problem that is not currently covered and would like to request and pay for a video. Please keep me anonymous. I'm a junior at an Ivy League school. He doesn't mention, I'm going to say an Ivy League school. No, my parents did not be get, get me in. They immigrated from Asia and started out working in factories in the United States. I worked my butt off to get into college being Asian. I never tested my IQ, but I know it's very high. Well, because all Asians have high IQs, right? Right, Tim? Sure. Yeah, that's just what it is, right? Yeah, I've right. in the left lane. They all have high IQs. It's just their genetics. Mm-hmm. I full scored the SATs, was valedictorian for one of the top high schools in the country, currently studying statistics at this Ivy League school. I'm not socially awkward and good at speaking with people. That never has been a problem for me. However, is being too smart, as you reference in your book, that's what gets me in trouble. For example, I'm currently working in an investment fund and wrote a computer program within four weeks that automates what analysts have been doing for decades and no one could figure out how to do. <laughs> of course, as you may imagine, the other analysts were clearly not happy about this. This was my first run-in with this kind of situation and for sure, We'll see many more in my life. No, I do not want to go into software engineering and for sure want to work in financial services. So I, I asked him like, dude, what do you, what really you want to work in financial services? He says, yes, that is what I'm best at and where I find most mental stimulation. I recently had dinner with an executive at a bank and we had a great conversation about his past. He is very smart and ran into the same problems I did. He told me that he learned that when he had an idea to be patient and make it popular among the team, before going forward, before you laugh at me and say, this is kissing ass, which it is. I don't necessarily agree with that. I know I want to move up and be an executive of one of these banks one day. And the only way for me to do that, to do that is by doing this. From what I could tell, the people at the very top of these institutions are very smart, but they had to find a way to get through all the bureaucracy, lower level managers who are not very smart. You've never ran into that, Tim. No, not at all. Uh, can you give some tips based on your experience of the financial services industry of how smart people go up in the ranks or in general? What other things should I watch out for and do? Thank you very much for your time. Let me know how much it will cost. Blah, blah, blah. I have my uh, correct 100% factual opinions, what we call Aaron Cleary's opinions facts, but I want to hear your opinions on this because I'm, I'm very curious because you are older and you are more on the ground than I am today. Okay. So what sticks out? for me with this is, yes, you're going to run into that problem. Why? Because you're smarter than the average bear. Mm. Just get used to it. You know, I, I kind of had this problem. My friend had this problem. My friend especially had this problem because he was an entrepreneur successfully for many years. And you know how well they make good employees or rather nobody wants to treat them as a properly employee because you weren't socialized that way. You didn't <clears throat> have cultural fit. <clears throat> you didn't have cultural fit. Exactly. So being that he's Asian, he's the model minority. Okay. It's a plus for him. All right. He he easily fits into the role of the 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 technical geek. That's number two. He's working in a field or wants to work in a field that is increasingly becoming more technical. That's three. But he's got to deal with a bunch of slowpokes and dumbasses mm. who, yeah, that's that's a significant accomplishment that you wrote a computer program to automate it within four within a month, he said. Four weeks. Four weeks, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great on you. But <clears throat> what does that mean? You showed up the other analysts who are not as smart as you and is not as driven as you. Okay. Bad sign. Um, so what the banker told you, I think, is solid advice where to move forward with an idea, you have to, again, we hate to use this term, socialize it 
amongst everybody to get buy-in. Oh, that's a fantastic idea because everybody benefits. The boat is lifted for everybody. And so they have buy-in. You know, this is just like consulting one-on-one. You know, you're going to solve a service or a product. You got to have buy-in from the other party. If you try to do it yourself or you outshine everybody, that's, that's really not going to work well in your favor, particularly if you're a junior person. And um, for the seniors that got there, I mean, probably what happened with them is that they got in uh, maybe when they get in. I well, maybe when the getting in was good, when it was a growth phase and they just kind of floated up to the top because they were able to, to produce and knew how to play the political game. And then they, they kind of hit their light under a bushel when they were doing that, you know, lots of different things where they found themselves and really asking seniors is not, <clears throat> not, not all the time. We lost you, Tim. We lose you. Uh-oh, we lost Tim. Oh, we lost me. Every, someone tell me if we lost Tim or lost me. You guys hear me? On the road? Oh, well, there you 20 are. 20 years down the road when things have, when things have, you know, really changed so dr dramatically since then, it's, it's outdated advice mm -hmm. because she's been there for too long. So yeah, you might have to hide your, light under a bushel you, you have to get every, everybody to buy in play nice you know uh manage up is another one that i've heard my girlfriend talk about mm -hmm. a lot you you gotta stroke the ego the manager suck it suck a dick every once in a while you know play nice and then you see how far you can go if you're running into solid walls that you can't get around disengage and go get another job yeah i you're you're uh the executive you talk to has the best advice, but the problem I have is the statistical chance of you becoming the head of one of these finance firms is very low. And the reason why is you're too damn smart, you're too damn industrious, and what is going to get you ahead to be in charge of one of these already pre-established firms is compliance, not performance. Uh, and and I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. What you ought to do is you ought to go start your own damn company. I mean, this software you just came up with, that unto itself is its own business. Mm -hmm. uh, I, and just working in finance, you're not dealing with smart people. Yeah, the guy who gets to the top or the gal who gets to the top probably does have a really high IQ and is smart. Um, but they had to go through a world of non-meritocratic ass-kissing and, and cock-sucking to get there. And, and that's rare even then, because you look at what happened with the financial crisis in 2008, most of these quote unquote, really smart executives got caught with their asses down, their pants down. And some of them ended up having to file for bankruptcy. Nearly all of them needed to get bailed out, which means they all, they, they all failed. They're not that smart. I think you're selling yourself way too short. I think you're going to have to start your own company. It can be in finance. Um, you, you could do some kind of like data analysis. You could do some kind of programming. You could do some quant service. Uh, but I, I would definitely be self-employed and start your own company in finance. Do not try to work for these people. You're going to make more money as an entrepreneur. Um, it is not worth the pain and the agony and the headache to go through dealing with these assholes. I've worked with them. Trust me. I know. And even then the one guy you talk to, that's great. I'm sure he is really smart. I'm glad to hear you have a finance guy who's really smart. He's not normal. Most of the leaders of your largest American banks are ass kissers. They're not smart. They're not industrious. They're not innovative. They're just cocksuckers.
you're in the right school if you want to go that route. I'm saying for a fraction of the work, you could start your own company, make way more money, have way more fun, be way more intellectually stimulated than trying to battle your way up fucking whatever, Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs. Fuck that bullshit. No fucking way. Um, so as, as Tim said, you know, try your best, but you run into a wall, you know, give it, give it a shot, give it your all. But if, if all of a sudden there's a wall there and, and you didn't kiss the ring, fuck it, go start your own business, put these assholes out of business with some, you know, three software programs and make a fucking ton of money in the process. Yeah. I got a few more things to add to that. So where you're currently at, this is the requester stay there for about a year and just keep your eyes and ears open to understand what goes on. I'm assuming this is a big firm. Understand what goes on in the big firm, what they do right, what they don't do right. And then you could either start your own business, like Karen said, or you could go to a smaller firm where you're not going to have as much bureaucracy and see if you could make a splash there, You know, maybe do something on the side. Also something else that is not often talked about, but I've, again, come to the conclusion this is the way it is too, is... For a firm like that, if you aspire to be a manager or an executive someday, look and see what the makeup is. If you're Asian and a bunch of them are old white guys. You don't think so? I don't think so. No. Or, more importantly, as has been the case in the past few years, if they are actively promoting certain minorities of which you are not a part, you're never going to get a shot. Right. No, I, I've, I've talked about this before because I do believe uh, corporate America is, is now so highly corrupted in terms of merit. I mean, there is no meritocracy. It's like, well, we got to have 50% women on our staff. And it, it's, it's like, yeah, you know what? That's a sinking ship. That's the Titanic. I think the future is independent contractors, gunslingers for $100 an hour with highly skilled. And you're like, no, you're going to pay me. Because here's the thing. They're going to hire everyone based on gender or skin color and not talent. Then they're going to really be in a desperate need for talent. They're really going to need you then. You come in with your software, your programs, or your skills, or your offerings, and like, well, it's $150 an hour, and go fuck yourself. And no, I don't sit in your meetings. And no, I don't talk to HR, and I talk directly to the guy or the gal in charge. Thank you, and kindly go fuck yourself. I think that that's going to be the future. I, I just have the feeling he's, he's fallen in love with the allure of being in charge of Salmon Smith Barney. Uh, when be, yeah, that, be careful, that be was careful 1987, you, you know, that was, that was Wall Street. They made a movie and it was bullshit. So yeah. And be careful what you wish for. You might not be a manager. You might not be the manager type. You might be the gunslinger type and you're happier for it. Mm. Yeah. I had no idea that I'd be here. You know, if you asked me like, Aaron, Aaron you're going to yell at the internet. I'm like, Oh, I would have been a failure, but you know, it's a way more fun <laughs> teaching ballroom dance classes, yelling at the internet and banging your students mm-hmm. than it was working in banking any mm-hmm. day. Absolutely. All right. Well, Tim, I know uh, you got to get going. Uh, Thank you much. Uh, Do you have a little bit of time left or you? you Yeah, I mean, I can, I can go for another 10 minutes. All right. Well, we got wizardly wizard for $10. Why is it advised to switch from equity to bonds as you retire? Equity yields are much higher. I don't see why, as long as you use a safe withdrawal rate or live on cash to avoid selling down during downturns. Yeah, you're right. Um, The reason they advise you to switch to bonds uh, is because of the volatility in the stock market. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the Nifty 50. Um, this was like the top 50 stocks you could buy in America in 1973. And had you bought in 1973, you would not have seen a positive rate of return until 1993. Um, sometimes markets can stay uh, negative for decades. Uh, I don't even think the Japanese Nikkei or maybe recently 
the Japanese Nikkei beat its $19,000 peak it hit in 1989. Um, so that, it's more the volatility of why you switch to bonds or more annuity-like investment that has a steady rate of return and, and is not based on price changes as much as it is um, interest payments or, or dividend payments. Uh, but yes, over, over the long haul, uh, equity rates of return are much higher than bonds. Uh, and if you can outlast the ups and down cycles, yeah, absolutely. If you got cash on hand, you got enough cash flows or uh, multiple sources of income, yeah, you could take a higher position in equities. Uh, but that's just the the investment philosophy is as you get older, you switch from equities to fixed income and bonds uh, because they're less risk and you need that guaranteed rate of return in that income. So you're kind of like you're cashing in your chips uh, methodologically um, as you get older. Um, that may be it. Sweet. We're free. We're free to go home, man. Uh, or you've been on other people's shows, right? And now do you have your own show, your own podcast, or you just you just kind of drop in and say hi to the guys at Masculine Geek and whatnot? No, I'm kind of the gunslinger. Okay. I do I do ha- I do have a regular <laughs> podcast. It's not Masculine Geek. It's called Mindgasms. Mindgasms? Mm-hmm. Yes. Where I talk with um, a couple Canadians about um, philosophy in particular. So um, we just started a recent series about postmodern theology. Okay. And where do people find mindgasms.com or where, where yeah, YouTube? Yeah, just go to YouTube, or? type in mindgasms. That's all one word and it'll pop up. Sweet, sweet. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Tim. I really appreciate it. Um, sure. Everybody Thanks. check out that podcast. And we did do asshole consulting. I did catch up with everything. Now I could go ahead and play Call of Duty World War II online. That is awesome. Uh, Tim, would you like to take us out correctly? Toodles.